What's good, Divine Dolls? Alright, so I'm outside, so you might hear my friends, the birds, um, and the neighbors starting the car. But um, I'm working on some of my projects. As you guys know, I'm trying to crank out a journal a day. Um, but that's just my Virgo rising side, just kind of putting more on my plate than sometimes I can handle. But it's okay. I enjoy the challenge. Um, you're going to see by the title that I wanted to kind of dive a little bit deeper. I know that I did a podcast within the last day or two that was titled, um, I think, I think it's that being married or being a stay-at-home mom does not absolve you of being financially literate. And um, I don't know, it just came up while I was working on my journals. But the thing is, why, why is that important, especially if you're going to be, I think, a stay-at-home mom more so than, a, than even just maybe a single person who's taking care of? Is it good for you to still have your ducks in a row for later when you retire and that kind of thing? Yes, absolutely. Um, but here's why it matters, especially if you have kids. Because, for example, when we were listening to the lawyer yesterday and she was spilling all this tea of what was happening with Daniah Jackson and and she was talking about how Daniah thought you know I'm married to a quote-unquote high-value man he has charisma he looks quote-unquote good he takes care of his health he's a high earner we're living in these nice places I have a new car I stay at home I'm with the kids and now when things have gone south Come to find out they don't have any assets. Um, she's willing to go 50-50 on the bills. Come to find out he has a bunch of um, tax liens. He has um, he doesn't own any of the cars outright. Doesn't own any properties, even though they stayed in nice condos. At one point, they were staying in a $2.1 million, what is it, like 8,000 square foot house. Which, in case you didn't know, fun fact, in order for a house to be considered a mansion, it has to be more than 8,000 square feet. So staying in a mansion and it doesn't mean anything. And it's important for her for two reasons, because one, she has three kids. Okay. Um, and even, even like, let's say that they were supposed to get married. Like let's, let's say that they were supposed to stay married. It's better. You pull that, um, bandaid off the, off the, off and see what you're dealing with now and I think for a lot of even married couples who have a long-term commitment in mind because if they this gives them an opportunity to course correct right if they had stayed married it would have still been the same scenario because they would have retired and they wouldn't have they have kids that have to go to college one of the number one um differences between children who are able to go to college and um those who don't is that the parents usually have real estate that they can pull equity out from for them to pay towards their college fund. So that's one. Okay, so now we're talking about what that means for the children's futures in terms of a college right, college setting. Two, it doesn't sound like they've talked to somebody to plan for long-term retirement. They still need to make plans for, you know, when they retire, who's going to take care of them, what are their last final years going to look like in terms of in-home care, living benefits, blah, 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 right? <laughs> um, 
and so the benefit of like it it'd be really nice if they did have equity that they could then pull out if they decided to resell the home one of the biggest things that i think people don't really even now in 2023 don't understand about real estate is that you have to pay for where you live so it's either going to be rent or it's going to be mortgage and the difference between rent and mortgage is that your mortgage is kind of going into a into a piggy bank so that when you sell it you get back what you've been putting in on a monthly basis whereas if you're renting that's going into somebody else's pocket and there is no going back into that piggy bank to withdraw at least if you sell for the most part i know there's a lot going on with houses being upside down and, and whatnot Right, but for the most part, you should be able to um, buy low, sell high, and be able to have a kind of like a long-term saving, um, what do you call it, like um, safety net that, you know, like for example, my grand aunt, what she did is her, her house was owned outright, and when she needed it towards the end, she was able to take out equity on it and live on, on what she needed for the rest of her, her living expenses, right? Um, um, in terms of care and any any medical things that she needed so so there's that aspect so Danea and Derek are still young they still have their whole life ahead of them they still need to plan for retirement they need to have something you know kind of reconsider how much money they're dumping out into rent versus property that they can, you know, kind of save as a piggy bank. And I think also there was something else I wanted to say. Um, so, but here's the, the, the reason why I wanted to come on here and why this is important. She has children. And the thing about children is you want to break those generational curses. So how is, how is she going to set her children up to break these generational curses if, she, if mama doesn't know better? And I, and if, you know, if the dad doesn't know better either, because there was something I said yesterday that came back to my mind. And I was like, if anybody came to my niece and wanted to date her, hopefully at a, at a you know, good mature age, one of the things I'm going to ask him is like, what are your plans for home ownership, you know, and making sure that her name is on the title, because now I know better going to make sure that she can do better, right? What do you have in place for that? And how do you put that safety net in there for her to make sure? And then how do you put it into a trust so that, you know, it's protected and her name is on there and to protect against losses and to make sure that even when I'm gone, that my niece is provided for, right? How is she going to have those conversations with children, with her children? Because that's part of breaking generational curses. That's part of setting them up. And so I, I'm not sure if she has, I know she has a daughter for sure. I think her firstborn is a daughter. And I know she has a boy and she has three kids. So it's either two boys and one girl or one, two girls and one boy. How is she going to help her daughters understand the importance of being financially literate? Because what you don't want is for them to just, especially in today's day and age, to do what mom did and find a a wealthy guy and end up in the same situation where they don't know how to identify what type of assets this person needs to have and or you know even i think my mind was so blown from yesterday how the lawyer was able to do a background check on the guy and and 
how would you know a lot of us and and there was somebody else that's coming to mind what was it it was um <sighs> hold on it was oh i know what it was it was um tiger woods and the herman the herman um girlfriend that he had the one that he told her that he was going on a 90 day vacation or not not a 90 day he was going on a vacation for a weekend in the bahamas or something and he told her to pack and she packed her her little stuff and then she went to the airport and then the lawyer met her there with a like um <laughs> telling her like tiger broke up with her and they're no longer a couple and that was a problem because according to her he had promised her um the house that she was living in and some other financial arrangements and so um if it, this come to find out it sounds like i don't know if he did it before or after but the house was in a trust so even if in hindsight now it's going to be a bigger battle for her to try to establish that i think that if he did it after he promised her that he'd give it to her um it might turn in her favor i don't know i'm not a lawyer but if she had done a background check at the time they were having those conversations and had a conversation with the lawyer she wouldn't have just taken him at his word you know this is also important in terms of like um credit card stuff right she was talking about how he had racked up so many bills in terms of like um still having to pay back american express so here he has all of these warehouses of books and stuff and he's he's making the income but he's not able to um to manage it or he doesn't have the habits and or because sometimes i notice what will happen with couples is one will be able to take the monthly income and just pay off what needs to be done on a regular basis for the most part women are good at it but what happens is usually it's kind of like he brings home the bacon and he prepares it type of a thing where it's kind of like um he brings in the money and then she doesn't have any insight or foresight on oh there's like people we're about to get a we have, um, I guess they're looking for jobs or stuff. There's a bunch of teenagers. I don't think they're with that, that company, though. Oh, hell no. They better not come knock on my door. They didn't see me come back inside. So, um, we rarely have people out here. <sighs> but anyways, what I was saying was, um... Yeah, even when it comes to that kind of stuff, that's why I think that even though we have conversations too about what are what is your income or are you a six-figure earner, what you also want to pay attention to is um, what is the credit score, right? That is equally as important because one of the things that's coming up with Denia Jackson is that his credit score is so bad, and if her her stuff is in his name too, that they don't own the, the cars. So if they're gonna have to sell all the assets, and um, and kind of do a lump sum route or or that type of a thing, then she can't buy a uh, another car 
because or she's going to have a hard time buying another car because or even leasing another car because her credit score is going to be bad um, if it's not already kind of a little jeopardized and or she's going to have a difficult time with getting um, to rent a place. They didn't come bother me. <laughs> I don't know. They look like they're doing a project. They're, they're walking around. It's, it's like, let me see, like six boys. Oh. They have them all dressed in like those bright green um, vests and stuff. But, um, what's I going to say? So it's going to be a problem when it comes down to her being able to rent too. And this is why it's so important that you're kind of keeping track on how is your credit even throughout the course of the marriage too. Because if you have to finance something, if you need to buy your own house, and these are all worst case scenarios. Sometimes I really do feel bad. I don't like that, you know, you would have to always be on your tippy toes, right? I think that in other cultures and stuff like that you get to <laughs> like just kind of lay down and relax a little bit but I think even in other cultures it's kind of good to have keep a pulse of what's going on and I think what's most important is if you have children if you have children then how are you going to counsel them to do better how are you going to make sure that the young man that is talking to your son or your daughter has what it takes and has that credit score that means that they're responsible that's an indicator of them being responsible and that they ha know how to protect those assets right if i didn't drive home the point with the whole tiger woods and the girlfriend thing is if she had ran a um background check on the property that he was talking about she would have seen that it was purchased with an llc and then that would have given her an indicator that yeah this guy is just He's just jerking my chain and he's just trying to play me for a fool. And or if she had run it beforehand, she would have seen that maybe he did own it and have like records or screenshots of it. And so if he did change and go back backtrack on his word, it'd be so much easier to say like, yeah, at the time that we made this agreement, it was in his name. He promised it to me and now he has it under a trust and yada, yada, yada. So this is why I think those conversations are important. Um, it's so much deeper than that. And I, I was reminded today, it's like, this is not so much about like the gossip aspect of it in terms of like, oh my gosh, girl, she did what? You know, it's more of a, about like, how can we protect ourselves? How can we move better? How can we be more strategic? And one of my biggest points is like, let's put our daughters on game, y'all. Let's put our daughters on game because there's no reason... I, Sometimes, like I said, I'm fascinated by personalities in general from people because sometimes if I get the sense that both boys or girls or men or women are stubborn, you, <laughs> there's no getting to them. But for the most part, if she had somebody in her family, whether it was her mother, her aunt, a cousin, a grandmother to say, you know what, you're a stay-at-home mom, like this is how we you know, make sure that you're really protected for is your name on the title. Cause that should have been one of the first giveaways. If your name, cause you, there's paperwork you have to go through to get your name on the paperwork. Um, and to get the title deed 
than it is to get your name on a lease or to rent and, and that type of a thing. Um, so that's why those things are important, y'all. Um, and please, like, share this information with your with your daughters, with your nieces, I think, with with your cousins, with your friends, you know. Let's not keep each other in the dark. Because um, I think, like, I've talked about, too, I think even my family dynamics, it, it sucks. And I think that's why I'm so protective of my niece. Because it's like, I'll be damned if she doesn't get all of the information that I have at her disposal um, to try to get her light years ahead of everything that I've had to go through. But it's like, when I tell you for like on my, you know, both sides of my family, like, no, uh, and the part of it did have, did have to do that we grew up separate from them. But, but for the most part is like, <laughs> you know, and what's the point of having parents too, if you don't, if they can't give you guidance on those type of things? Like, I think it's so interesting, like as a collective, how even when it comes to credit score stuff. We should have been been learning from our parents like how to manage our our budget and pay for stuff and you know make those like prioritize those type of things as a collective but still you know and I get it you can only do so much but I don't think that it's something that we're teaching in a way that I think that if 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 I don't know I'm just guessing but um I feel like sometimes we're just taught to kind of ex- wander through it on our own and stuff. So, all right, y'all. I will talk to you later. Until the next one. Bye. One more thing. So another thing, too, is um, and, and y'all, I, I'm going to actually um, write a little small pamphlet or book on things that you can ask your insurance agent. Um, and so I'm going to compile it. It's going to take me a little bit of time, but I have. If I say I have maybe about 30 from before when I was more active in it, and as I'm taking notes, um, things that you can ask your your person because everybody's different and you want to fi- find what's a match for you. But it's even things like for Denia, for example, okay? So just to kind of give you an idea of how it works, she should have also made sure that he had been paying into her insurance policies because she's a stay-at-home mom so she doesn't have a pension now um with him he's probably paying into his social security you know and he'll have a pension but here she is she has been out of the workforce so you know she's gonna this this is why part of the reason she's trying to sell the workshops because she needs incoming she's thinking it's gonna take her a substantial amount of money to maintain the lifestyle that she has and to be able to take care of her kids and start from ground zero. And so um, it's going to take her a while because she's been out of the workforce and she's still, the kids are still, I think, all under the ages of eight. So she's still looking at a good 18, you know, years to get them on track and to get them out the house and onto college and doing whatever it is that they need to do. And so, but... If he had set up an insurance policy that was paying for her, this is why in moments like this, if she had an IUL, right? And again, I I want to stress too, that's my favorite instrument, but it's not for everyone. Some people like term 
insurance. Um, it does not accumulate policy. It does not accumulate um, cash value, but there are people who can benefit from that and have their reasons for using that. But the reason I like the IULs your whole life is because it can accumulate cash value. It's really great for also being able to kind of, um, I wouldn't say it's the equivalent of having a Roth IRA, but it's a great saving instrument as well. You can put your money in there and it can grow at a nice rate. Sometimes they'll quote you anywhere between 6 to 8%. Some of them are a little bit more conservative. But in spite of everything that's happening, because the insurance company is really super conservative and they like double the banks, banks don't really um, insure themselves. Insurance companies are required to have at least like seven other insurance policies, like in case something falls through. So they're, it's a much safer, safer, safer saving mechanism. Anyways, so with the whole life, what would happen is you keep squirreling a money in there. And so in an emergency like this, like where maybe she does need to have down payment on a house, which I highly would recommend, she could use, she could take out money from that policy tax free, okay, without getting penalized if she doesn't put it back into that policy, which I actually wouldn't, would, would, <laughs> would think would be great because um, her trying to go back out and rent, we've all had the discussions about how rent is significantly more than, than a mortgage. And so that's a great protection too, because she would have been able to take out whatever it is that she needs after it depends. But from what I understand, you can take out after six months, you can start to take out from the cash about cash policy. Um, and, and so then that would help kind of offset, you know, her being able to have a mortgage and the good, you know, versus paying rent. And the good thing is too, like we said, at least with the mortgage, she would be paying towards herself. She can do a reverse mortgage, worst case scenario, when she's older to make sure that, you know, she has somebody come in like a nurse or, you know, a nutrition person or her regular care person come in and take care of her for the last few years of her life. But the other cool thing about that, too, is that usually you can add... Um, what they call their riders on there, like the long-term care and living benefits. So um, I have seen long-term care benefits from about 5000 to 15000 a month in cash that you can use for, you know, those type of things. Um, and it does allow you for you to kind of use it how you want to. But um, I imagine, I think this is because it's a group of people that I'm usually around, but I'm pretty sure you can get it for less. Like if you wanted $1,000, a month for long-term care for the rest of your life. You could do that. And because she has children, even if she starts to pull out cash out of it, she's still going to have money left over to give to her children. She's still going to have money that's going to be able to be left in her estate. And that's what's different between that and the term, the term thing. So, oh, Bruno's just checking on me. Hey, what, what's going on? <laughs> He's so curious. Huh. It's because 
don't we don't usually have neighbors doing their lawn this late at night or late at, late in the day. So yeah, y'all, the, this is why financial literacy is important. Um, for yourself, because what would end up happening is you don't know if something bad could have happened to him. Like at least with this, at least with this, it does allow them to kind of course correct. Because um, it's an eye-awakening moment where you kind of have to realize, like, okay, do I have things set up for my retirement? Do I have things set up for the kids to go to school? You know? Um, I know one of the favorite um, policies that are going out right now for, for, like, the groups that I'm in, like, multiple of the insurance people are um, the million-dollar babies, and that one is great, too, because um, you just turn that over to them when they're 18, maybe 25, you know, depending on, on, you know, up to you, let them get that first job and then take over the payments and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, there was something else I kind of wanted to say about, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to leave that for a separate podcast. All right. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure I cross all my T's and dot my I's before I come back on here. So I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.